0: From Australia, this is the Wireless Institute of Australia with the weekly news service. This broadcast is in text, audio and video, and is accessed on wia.org.au.
1: It's the December 18 edition in 2022 of VK National News, the best news you'll get all week. And joining us this week, WIA President Scott Williams, VK3KJ, and... Although announcing as retiring from ARIS coordinator for Australia maybe three years ago, Tony VK5ZAI remained an amateur radio on the International Space Station volunteer. That is, until this week, when after some 62 years as a licensed ham, Tony has retired officially from ARIS. Tony VK5ZAI was awarded back in 2020 the Member of the Order of Australia. And yes, after 30 years being involved with manned spaceflight, VK5ZAA has retired. Tony said, It's with a lot of happy thoughts and some sadness that I'm retiring from Aris. I've had a wonderful life and a very supportive family, but unfortunately, at 83 years old, my health has been failing and I feel it's now time to go out on a high rather than continue and mess up a telly bridge. I can't imagine a better group to ever work with than Aris. Over the years, they've been like a big international family. Tony received his amateur licence in 1960, tracking his first satellite, Oscar Three, in 1965, then later the high-altitude sats AO-10, 13, 40 and many others over the years. His story is certainly well worth a read and, along with some glowing tributes sent to him from Aris, you can read all about it in this week's text edition of WIA National News, best read at wia.org.au. And in other news from Australia... David Christmas, VK4DC, has a beacon operating from Mount Morgan, and hopefully shortly David, or someone he manages to arm twist, will give National and Q News that story in
2: detail. And now, here's Scott. Hi there, this is WIA Director and President Scott Williams, VK3KJ, and it's my pleasure to appear on today's broadcast on behalf of the WIA Board. Who can believe that Christmas is nearly upon us? And I don't know about you, but I'm certainly looking forward to the Christmas New Year break, and what a year it's been. COVID continues to hamper us across the nation. We have the very sad geopolitical tensions with the Ukrainian and Russia war, escalating cost of goods, inflation and interest rate pressures, skills and labor shortages, natural disasters, which seem to be more frequent, and all on the back of a change of government federally. In fact, it's been a turbulent year On so many fronts and i cannot personally remember ever a time like this at the waa it's been a progressive year and of course we've just completed the mammoth task of our detailed submission and response to the acma class license and considerations for high power operation i once again want to thank the waa spectrum committee for their tireless work but also I want to thank the broader amateur radio community. With over 600 responses to the WIA survey and a considerable number of non-members participating, it demonstrates the trust that is shown towards the WIA to advocate on behalf of the amateur radio community on these important matters. Next up, the WIA office will close shortly for the Christmas New Year period and there are some important dates to remember the office will close from Thursday and will not reopen to Monday, the 9th of January, 2023. It will then close again on Friday, the 13th of January and will then reopen again on Monday, the 30th of January. We'll be back for a week to make sure we get all those orders out and attend to any matters. It's also important to note that if you want to order anything at all from the WIA, including our new updated foundation manual. The last day orders will be taken is next Wednesday. We will then dispatch any orders the following day. On behalf of the WIA board, I want to thank all members of the WIA for your support throughout the year. A special call-out to all the WIA-affiliated clubs and volunteers that support the WIA. There are so many volunteers behind the scenes that there is just way too many people to mention. But I want to say to you, Graham, thank you for bringing us this broadcast week after week. We'll even be broadcasting next Sunday on Christmas Day. To everybody listening, a very Merry Christmas and a safe, happy and prosperous New Year to one and all on behalf of the WIA board. That's it for me this year. And make sure you get on air over the Christmas New Year period. There's always somebody to work on some band, on some mode. My very best wishes, WA President, Scott Williams, VK3KJ.
3: Who listens to radio?
2: Hi, this is Dan,
4: VK6NAD.
3: Maria, VK5MAZ.
4: This is Jeremy Boots, G4NJH.
0: This is John, VK4JJW.
2: Lee Moyle, VK3GK.
4: This is Angelo, VK2NWT.
0: Now, operational news with Felix,
4: VK4FUQ. Hello there. During this month, the Fishers Ghost Amateur Radio Club and VK2 are celebrating its 40th anniversary with special event call sign VO2FG40. Activity will be mainly on 40 metres SSB. More information can be found on the QRZ page for VI2FG40. Willis Island, VK9-W. Sands VU2WXW-VK4WXW, Stroke is working at the Meteorology Weather Station until April. He has been heard on 40, 20 and 15 metres and hopes to add 17, 12 and 10 metres as well. QSL via Clublog. Antarctica. VP8 region. SEBA SQ1SGB will be operating as VP8 stroke SQ1SGB stroke P during his spare time until February 1 2023. He is QRV on 20 meters using SSB and FT8. QSL via EB7DX. Look for Giorgio. 5UA99 WS. He will be on the air from Mijer until the 23rd of December. He will be on 15 and 20 metres using SSB when time permits. QSL via TW Manager, IK5SRF. Be listening for Joe, V3BW, operating from Costa Rica. As TI-7 stroke V3BW, between December 23rd and January the 4th. He will be on the air on 160-6 to metres using CW, SSB and FT8. See his page on QSL.com for details.
5: Hi, this is John Siemens, VK3JLS from the National Inwoods QSL Bureau. Following a recent call for volunteers for the position of the VK4 QSL Manager, I'm pleased to say that we received a number of expressions of interest for that role, with each applicant then being asked to provide a supporting statement addressing the duties and requirements of the position. After assessing each of the statements received, the WIA Board this week approved the recommendation that Laurie Pritchard, VK4BLE, be appointed as the VK4 QSL Manager. Laurie has been a licensed amateur for 40 years, is a life member of the Red and Districts Radio Club, and had previously held the position of the VK4 Inwards and Outwards QSL Manager for a period of 12 years. Laurie's past experience in this position will provide for an easy transition into the role once again. Lori should hit the ground running as the backlog of VK4 QSL cards currently held in the National Bureau will be in the mail to VK4 this week. On behalf of the WIA, I express my thanks to the number of individuals and radio clubs within VK4 who responded to my call for volunteers and were prepared to put themselves forward to help keep the WIA QSL Bureau process flowing.
4: Well, with Christmas just around the corner, season's greetings to all. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix, vk 4 fuq Inningham.
0: This is the home service of the Wireless Institute of Australia, through VK1WIA. Now, international news with Jason, VK2LAW. Hello, rodeo something that doesn't
6: cease to seem indistinguishable from magic, even if you do understand it. And now the magic of rodeo is to be immortalised. For years, the Internet Archive has provided the online community with a breathtaking collection of resources, out-of-print books, magazines, recordings, software, and any other imaginable digital asset in easily retrievable form. Now, with the help of a grant from the Amateur Radio Digital Communications Foundation, they're seeking to create a collection that documents amateur radio from its earliest days to the present. Yes, Internet Archive has begun gathering content for the Digital Library of Amateur Radio and Communications. The work will be multifaceted and include the print and digital materials we'd expect as well as personal archives and oral histories from notable radio amateurs. For many of us, this will provide a wealth of technical details and insights into taming the ionosphere. But for future historians, it will be an invaluable reference on the first century of the hobby. Amateur radio is perhaps the oldest hardware-hacking pursuit of the electronic age, because certainly at the start, radio was electronics, thus Amateur Radio's long history has indirectly given us many of the things we take for granted today. Sure, it has its moribund aspects, but if it continues to follow the growth of new technology, as it has for so many years, it will continue to be an exciting pursuit. We look forward to browsing this archive, and we hope to see it grow over the years. In news from Region 1, RSGB creates social diversity post. There's so much more to amateur radio than just the technical and scientific side of things. The Radio Society of Great Britain is looking for someone to help address an important social concern. Jeremy Boot, Golf 4, November Juliet Hotel, speaking on AR Newsline, said the RSGB Britain is creating a volunteer position of social diversity officer to help the board address inclusion and diversity within the ranks of Amateur rodeo and the society itself. Some of the new officers' tasks will include helping boost society membership, but will also focus on encouraging hams of all ages and backgrounds to get their licence. The RSGB is hoping that through creation of this new position, the society can complement the work of the RAIBC, the Rodeo Amateur Invalid and Blind Club, which serves radio amateurs and shortwave listeners with disabilities. The Alexanderson alternator transmitter is the only remaining example of early pre-electronic radio transmitter technology. The station, built between 1922 to 1924, has been preserved as an historical site. From the 1920s through to the 40s, it was used to transmit telegram traffic by Morse code and during World War II was Sweden's only telecommunication link with the outside world. On Christmas Eve morning, December 24, this year, the Alexander Grimton Friendship Association in southern Sweden will be on the air sending out a special Christmas message to the world. The event will begin at 07.30 UTC with the start-up and tuning of the Alexanderson alternator transmitter through Grimton radio station, callsign Sierra Alpha Quebec. The transmission will begin at 0800 UTC with the 98 year 200-kilowatt Alexanderson alternator on 17.2 kilohertz CW. Grimeton Ham Radio Station, Sierra Kilo 6 Sierra Alpha Quebec will be QRV on the following frequencies. 3.535, 7.035, and 14.035 MHz CW, and on SSB 3.755 and 7.140 MHz. The event will be live streamed on the Alexander SAQ Grimeton Friendship Association YouTube channel. For more information about the December 24 Christmas Eve event and the transmitter can be found at the Grimeton Radio Station website. To Region 2, stamp collecting gets holiday spirit from hams. The charitable spirit of amateur radio has always extended past direct involvement with radio activity. Over in the US, one club in Pennsylvania is looking for amateurs' assistance in a project that members have been committed to for a number of years. Now, if you're starting to receive Christmas cards from friends or eagerly awaiting the arrival of direct QSL cards from those treasured DX contacts... Holmesburg Amateur Radio Club, Whiskey Mike 3, Papa Echo November in Pennsylvania are asking one more thing of you. Save those stamps. Hams in the Pennsylvania Club support the stamps for the Wounded Program, which accepts donations of stamps from around the world for use in occupational therapy programs in convalescent centres and hospitals where veterans are receiving treatment stamps should have around a couple of centimetres margin around them and should not be removed from the original envelopes on which they're sent. The program, which was established in 1942 to encourage stamp collecting among the nation's military veterans who were at various stages of recovery. The program has more details on its website stampsforthewounded.org. An influential lawmaker in the USA has joined the push to talk automakers out of eliminating broadcast AM radio in new cars. Senator Red Markey of Massachusetts has asked the car companies to respond in writing about their intentions regarding AM and FM radios. He acknowledges electric vehicles can cause electromagnetic interference with AM signals but encouraged car makers to pursue some of the remedies they have devised. The car companies include General Motors, Jaguar, Kia, BMW and American Honda. And in news from Region 3, IARU Region 3 Yota Camp is scheduled for October, November 2023 in Thailand. The Thailand Host Society RAST says it will issue invitations to participate in Region 3 Yota Camp by the end of March next year. For VK1 WIA National News in Sydney, I'm Jason, wishing all of you a very happy and safe Christmas.
1: Across Australia from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In Melbourne, it can be heard on VK3RML 146.7MHz at 10.30am and 8pm. I'm Peter, VK3YE. i VK4BB with Media Watch and shortwave giant WTWW goes off the air. Shortwave station WTWW has gone QRT. Shortwave fans worldwide were disappointed to hear the announcement of WTWW Radio signing off the air for the very last time, November 9, with plans to continue to provide programming instead over the internet. The station's operator, Ted Randall, WB8PUM, cited difficulties in meeting the station's ongoing expenses. Based in Tennessee, WTWW provided a wide range of programming at 5.83 MHz, along with music and amateur radio content at 5.085 MHz. The station was among many to broadcast programming directed towards Ukraine following the invasion by Russia earlier this year. The station went on the air in 2010 as the 100-kilowatt operation WBWW and could be heard first on what were testing frequencies of 5.755 and 9.48 at different times. Over the years, WTWW gained an especially strong following among amateur radio operators for carrying ham radio content. The station also featured program hosts such as Art Bell, W6OBB, who presented a popular show on the paranormal. According to the shortwave listening post, the station's final sign-off included a farewell from TED that urged listeners to make the move to web-streaming its content. The station's final song, America the Beautiful. By virtue of its station call, WTWW was also known as We Transmit Worldwide. Now, to continue hearing the station's stream programs, follow the link we like in the text version of this week's script at wia.org.au.
0: This is the home service of the Wireless Institute of Australia through VK1WIA. Now, Special Interest Group News with Bruce, VK3FFF.
7: And a very good day to you. Worldwide Special Interest Group News. Ballooning, our South Pole first for amateur radio balloon. When the high-altitude balloon transmitting KM4ZIA, the amateur radio call sign of 15-year-old Jack McElroy, was launched recently in Antarctica, it became part of atmospheric work being done by University of Alabama researcher Todd McKinney, kn 4 tpg Instead of just helping build mathematical models of the atmosphere, however, Jack's balloon soon embarked on an incredible journey. A little more than a week later, its navigational equipment began to spit out a series of error messages on 20 meters. One observer in the U.S., however, realized that nothing was really wrong. He knew, in fact, that something remarkable was happening. Family friend and high-altitude balloon expert Bill Brown, WB8ELK, knew Jack's solar-powered balloon was a short distance from the South Pole. Mapping systems could no longer determine its position from data being sent on 20 metres because of the densely spaced lines of longitude there at the end of the Earth. Jack's father, Tom McElroy, W4SDR, told Newsline in a phone interview... This is the closest any amateur radio balloon has come to the South Pole. Tom said Phil phoned the family home in Georgia that morning from Huntsville, Alabama on December 1st and said Jack's balloon had literally gone off the map. Tom broke the news to an astonished Jack on the way to school. He said Jack had quite a story for his science teacher that day. You can track Jack's balloon at APRS.F. I using his call sign KM four ZIA. This isn't Jack's first balloon either. He has launched several over the years, including two years at Youth on the Air Camp in a team effort with his sister Audrey McElroy, KM four B U N, who is this year's twenty twenty two amateur radio newsline Young Ham of the Year. Worldwide special interest groups Beacons. A new improved 10-metre beacon is operating on 28.285 from Mount Morgan. This is operated by VK4 Delta Charlie. Worldwide special interest groups, final frontier, amateur radio mission to the moon, not lost. Omo Tanashi, the project of the JAXA Ham Radio Club, was a secondary payload aboard NASA's Artemis One mission. It was planned to land a 70-centimetre band beacon protected inside a soft pouch on the surface of the moon. The Ham Radio Club's website for JAXA, Japan's Aerospace Exploration Agency, reports that orbital errors had resulted in an unstable radio signal for its communications. The website also reports that the solar cells face away from the sun, making it problematic to charge Omo Tanashi's batteries. Thus, as we've reported on WIA National News earlier, the lunar landing experiment could not be carried out. But the opportunity to orbit beyond the Moon is valuable. The axis of rotation appears stable and the spacecraft will get sunlight when the direction of the Sun changes next March. Amateurs can receive the orbiting module one watt beacon transmitting PSK31 sync word C1 ASCII code with a medium to high gain linear polarization antenna on 437.31 MHz. Pointing the antenna is simple: aim for the moon. Worldwide special interest group, Military. At the height of the Falklands War in 1982, the unlikely friendship of two amateur radio enthusiasts 8,000 miles apart allowed more than 50 soldiers the opportunity to get messages home to their loved ones. Bob McLeod, a ham radio operator, made history when he broke the news to the world that the Falklands had been invaded. But, in doing so, he had also drawn the attention of the Argentines, who were quick to confiscate his equipment. On the 29th of May 1982, two para had just fought to take Goose Green, freeing more than 100 villagers who had been held captive in a hall for almost seven weeks. Alan Bullock was the Ford Observation Officer of D Company Two Para, and while walking through the main street of Goose Green spotted an antenna on a house belonging to Bob. He said, "So I knock on the door and say hello. Is there any chance you are a radio amateur?" He said, "Yes, but the Argentinians took my transmitter and smashed it up. All I have is an old fifty watt amplifier." As forward observation officer, Allen had his state-of-the-art at the time military Klansman radio, which, although only twenty watts for communicating over short distances, could be combined with the Ham's amp and large antenna system. In order to get messages back to the UK, Bob made contact with John Wright, a radio amateur in Oxford, who he had been chatting to over the airways for many years. Together, Bob and John devised a cryptic code for their conversation and each transmitted on different frequencies in case anyone was listening. Word quickly got around the troops and soon it wasn't just D Company's families Bob and John were contacting. Before long, there was a queue outside Bob's door with each message always the same. I am safe. Worldwide special interest groups, Yota. And for Yota, it's up to Alec.
3: Thank you, Bruce. December's Yoda month is rapidly coming to a close, so I thought it may be time for Fun Fact Sunday. Do you know where the term ham comes from? Some believe that it comes from the first letters of the last name of well-known electricity slash radio scientists, namely Hertz, Armstrong, and Marconi. Others believe that it originates from a little station called Ham at Harvard or from the founder of ARRL, Hi Am Maxim Percy. However, the truth is that originally, ham was used as a negative term by professional radio operators to describe amateurs. This comes from the American saying, ham-fisted, which means clumsy and incompetent. Thankfully, instead of getting discouraged by the professionals, many radio amateurs decided to embrace the name and started proudly calling themselves hams. So there you go. Since this is my last news segment before Christmas, from one ham to another, may you and your family have a wonderful and safe Christmas. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Alec, VK2APC in Sydney. And happy Christmas to you too, Bruce. Back to you.
7: Worldwide special interest groups, Rescue Radio, Honk if you like moss. Recognising a snippet of Morse code made all the difference when a delivery driver went above and beyond her duty. Sam speechly sprang into action when she heard someone in distress tap out what sounded like SOS on their car horn. When she went to investigate, she found 90-year-old Keith Turner who'd slipped on the driveway of his home and had broken his hip. He had managed to drag himself to the car so he could sound the alarm keith who's now back home after spending three weeks in hospital said sam saved my life she really did and i can't thank her enough i'd been laying there in the rain and cold for half an hour and if she hadn't come along when she did i don't think i'd have made it she's a godsend view royal is a town in greater victoria and a member municipality of the capital regional district of british columbia canada View Royal Mayor, Sid Tobias, has just made one of, he said, his easiest decisions, that of approving the merger of emergency radio teams operating in both Royal View and neighbouring Colwood. He said his previous military background emphasised the importance of communications efficiency, hence the merger. View Royal Fire Rescue Chief, Paul Hurst, said, ''It's a win-win for both municipalities.'' and said disasters don't have municipal boundaries so if we need assistance it's better to have one team serving both municipalities. Hearst said the merger means the emergency radio team will benefit from having a single leader while effectively doubling the number of volunteers and equipment available to each municipality. He said the fire service relies on the Capital Region Emergency Service Telecommunications Network day by day and the emergency radio operators use their own amateur radio systems. So if we lose our cell towers in a disaster and lose our cris system with it, then this group of radio amateurs become our lifeline." In a disaster, the Ham Radio emergency teams staff radio rooms in both fire departments and become the main form of communication for the departments, both internally, between each other, and even between other agencies and governments across the province. I'm Bruce, vk 3 F. From sunny Bendigo Across
5: Australia from VK1WIA You're tuned to the WIA National News Service In the north and northwest of VK7 It can be heard on voice repeater VK7RDR439.775MHz in the Olveston area on HD digital ATV on 445 decimal 775, and worldwide via the VK7AX video stream, courtesy of the BATC at 9am local time. I'm Tony VK7AX,
1: and just like that, we open the studio door and depart for for me for another year. Yes, next week on WIA National News, the news will be presented. By the ladies of Alara, the Australian Ladies Amateur Radio Association. So until then, I'm Graham VK4BB. Merry Christmas and walk softly. From Australia, this has been the
0: Wireless Institute of Australia with the weekly news service. This broadcast is in text, audio, and video and is accessed on
4: wia.org.au.